headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. This is The Ramsey Show. We're going to talk about your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me this hour. We're here for you. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. George, you warmed up? I'm caffeinated. And I'm a little bit irritated, so it could be an interesting show. I like where this is heading. Let's go to Eden in Louisville, Kentucky. Eden, how can we help? Hello. um, I was just wondering, um, so we are currently on baby step number two. Um, We have about maybe 12 to 14,000 in debt uh, with like car loans and stuff. Um, But we have been um, putting money towards our IRA and 401k uh, for about a year now. Uh, before we, you know, started with the baby steps. And I was just wondering, uh, we're currently putting um, 3% in 401k and 3% in IRA, and uh, his employer is matching the 3%. Basically, I'm wondering, should we stop doing that, Um, you know, just start putting it all towards baby step number two, or, um, you know, it's just, I think it's like 60 bucks every paycheck, so it's not a whole lot. Um, I don't know if we should just continue doing that or... Yeah, great yeah. question. Well, part of the plan is gazelle intensity in baby step two, and that means every extra dollar that's going anywhere else is now reallocated towards that debt. And this is a hard one emotionally for a lot of people to grapple with, going, well, I'm getting the, the free money from the employer. Why wouldn't I continue to do this? You guys talk about the power of compound interest, but, but we found the shortest path to wealth is focused intensity. And when you allocate those dollars, even if it's 60 bucks a paycheck, you know, you do that in the 401k, the IRA, it's 120 bucks a paycheck. So now we're talking 250 bucks a month, round numbers. Mm-hmm. And now we multiply that out. We go, okay, well, that's, wow, that's a few thousand dollars that could help us become debt-free even faster. And then once we get back to investing, we're no longer doing these 3%, three, we're doing 15%. And so you're going to wow. make up for that lost time and you're going to retire a millionaire if you just follow the plan. Uh, but again, it's a hard thing emotionally to grapple with. And I don't want to, you know, minimize that, but that's exactly what I did. And it's exactly what people who go all in on the plan do. And that's where they see the results. So how much faster would you be debt free if you paused all investing right now? Um, well, we're already, uh, you know, we're trying to go all in on everything else. I did the math and we should be completely debt free uh, this time next year. So we'd probably cut it down at least a quarter. So what's your income? Uh, about fifty-five to sixty thousand. Okay, so household income fifty-five to sixty, and you've got about fourteen thousand in debt. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying it'll take twelve months to pay off fourteen thousand? Um, roundabout. Uh, we've already we're putting our entire tax return towards the debt, so we're going to put a big dent in it. Um, you know, once we get that in. So here's the question: How can we speed that up? You're going all right. We make sixty thousand. It's going to take us a year. To, that's about a thousand a month going towards debt. What if we could put twelve hundred towards the debt? What if we could put thirteen hundred towards the debt? How does that speed up the process? And that's yeah. where it starts to get exciting. And that's when you start to go, okay, I'm willing to pause the investing. I'm willing to take on the side hustle because now I see a path for us to do this in eight months instead of twelve. And now that's four more months where we're not making payments and paying interest, four more, four more months closer to investing again and building up that emergency fund. Do you feel that momentum that gets built? Right, yeah. And so that's what I encourage you guys to do uh, so that it you get to baby step four even faster. And that's the goal. What is the shortest path? 
because right now we're doing a lot of things at once and we're not feeling the progress on either side. Okay, yeah. I'll figure that's probably what, what you say. We're so unsurprising, Ken. Yeah. I wish I could yeah. tell Eden some like magical stuff she's never heard, but the truth is it's the boring stuff we kind of need to hear and go, yeah, that's right. I just need to go to the gym and work out and not get that special lap band I saw on TV that's supposed to make me lose weight in my sleep. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it doesn't work. And that's how it works with money, too. Yeah. Boy, that's a really good point. I love that. All right, let's go to Scott now in Fort Myers, Florida. Scott, how can we help? Hi. Thank you guys for taking my call. Uh, just real quick, I am on Baby Step 2. I've paid off 86879 in about two years, and I have 72000 more to go. So Way to go, man. In the process. We're trying. Uh, my question, actually, is about term life insurance. I have a 16-year-old son. I am a single father and have full custody with visitation. Can I put him as my depend or my uh no, the beneficiary? The beneficiary, thank you. Or do I have to have my mother do it for the two years and then switch him over? So you can legally name him beneficiary, but he will not be able to access those funds until he's a legal adult. And so that's where things get a little hairy, a little tricky. And so I, it's, it's probably easier to leave it with the guardian, or you can look at creating a trust to where there would be certain rules as to when he would access that money. But the danger is, you know, you give an 18-year-old $500,000 and hope they're going to be okay. And so that, that's uh, the more worrisome part. There's some other things you can do, like the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act you, you can look into. You can also leave the money with the insurance company, and he just doesn't get it until he's an adult. Okay. So there's nothing wrong he's, with leaving he's listening, it. He's listening to your show with me, not right now, but oh, all awesome. the time. So he's 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 pretty pretty good about money. He's saving up for his first car. So that's fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, it's a great. I mean, you, you're thinking about this the right way. And if you want to talk to a, you know a local lawyer about what it would look like to set up a trust, what it would look like to who'd you say would be the guardian? Uh, my mom. So your mom. Well, could control if, the funds. If, if I were to pass, if I were to pass, it would be his mom. But okay, would right be the now, legal guardian. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Well, but I that, definitely <laughs> cross those T's and and dot those I's and make sure that the way that flows is the right way. At least in the next few years, you can always change it uh, later on and go. All right, he's an adult okay. now. Things are different. But it looks like okay, you, you raised a, a great kid, man. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Well, you got a, the single parents, man. They've got a lot Oof. going on, and you know, a lot of single moms, of course, get the praise that they deserve. We want to honor them all the time. But then we got a single dad here who's, you know, going about this the right way, and, making sure his family's taken care when of. You can, when you can help a kid figure this stuff out early on. Uh, it's a game changer because they're going to get bombarded with a whole different set of messages by culture. Yeah. Well, what's the hottest new trend for young people right now? Well, we were just looking at this, Ken. There's a, a Twitter account called Coinfessions, and it's all the crypto people confessing all of the terrible things that have happened. And what we're seeing is a lot of young people who made a lot of money very quickly, and they're unable to handle it, and their life completely implodes. Or they lose all the money because they were a little greedy, and they had 100000 even 800000 one of these kids had at 20 years old, lost it all in a few trades, and his life is ruined. And they go into deep anxiety and depression. And so the truth is no 18-year-old, 20-year-old should be dealing with a scenario where they're just handed a million dollars and told, be wise. They're just not ready for that yeah. emotionally or financially. Yeah. So that's what I kept thinking of when I, when I heard this story of him going, all right, he's going to be left a lot of money at 18. And I think of the prodigal son in yeah. the Bible and you go, 
please don't make any bad decisions yeah. here. Yeah, we've got to live a little and learn yeah. some things. But it sounds reason, like he's raised a great kid. There's a reason why so many lottery winners go broke. It's mm. just such an unbelievable change. And if you're not prepared for it, you don't have a construct for it. That's boy, why I like can do some I like damage. The get rich slow plan. You tend to keep it yeah. that way. Yeah, I like that. Get rich slow. Well, that's not going to be very popular. No, no one but wants it to hear does that. work. All right, don't move. More Ramsey Show coming up right around the corner. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by my colleague, George Camel. We are excited that you are here. Uh, George, you know, it is a fact of life that uh, sequels just don't do well. Mm. I don't know if you have a strong opinion on sequels I or do, because I tried to watch Space Jam 2. Yeah. Couldn't get through it. Don't waste your time, folks. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and, you know, sequels just they kind of get a bad rap. Uh, all you Macaulay Culkin-less Home Alones, I'm looking at you, Chandler, Ross, Joey, Rachel, Monica, just stay in the 90s where you belong. I, someone wrote that. I'm going to take issue with that. I, I'd love to see a, a revival of Friends. Where are they now? Where do they hang out this time They around? did the reunion. Yeah, I missed it. It wasn't much of a reunion. That no, was more of a conversation. Yeah. Well, what this means is, is that the wildly popular product, Question for Humans, uh, Friends Second Edition by Dr. John Deloney. Uh, these are conversation starters, very, very popular, and uh, you demanded more. Uh, so here's one, George. What's a common phrase or saying that you have no idea what it means? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you hear the old-timey saying, like, one fell swoop, or, you know, the bird in the bush is worth two in the hand. That's why I have no clue what that, when people say that. You don't no know idea. a bird in the bush is worth two in the hand? No idea what that means. Mm. It's interesting. Do you? You said it like I know exactly what it means. I think I do, but I started to go, I've never even Second thought about yourself. it. So a bird in the hand is actually worth two in the bush. You said it wrong. So I had to re... I had got to, it. So I had to focus. So what that means is a bird in the hand, I've got this one. I got the bird here. That's worth more than saying, well, there's two over here in the bush. I can go get those if I want. No, take the opportunity you have before. You. Oh, okay. That was actually a good explanation. I thought yeah. you were just fudging your way through it. No, but I you literally was processing because you said it wrong. You're like a bird in the bush. And I went, that's not right. And I hadn't heard you it. I was trying to throw you off the scent of the trail. That's I'll tell you phrase. one that I don't know. I know what it means, but I don't know what the gander is. Do you know what this phrase is? What? You know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Oh. Couldn't tell you what the gander is. Yeah, I'll look it up. Who invents? Who gets to invent these? Was there a marketing meeting no, back in 1928 just, where they decided like, on all of these? Well, they talked differently back then. So anyway, it. all that to say, we've this got This is the a, kind of juicy content you can create yeah. by getting the questions for humans. Yeah, so we've got the uh, first edition, and now... Oh, wait a second. This is the question for humans friends edition. Uh, do yourself and your friends a favor. Pick up the second friends. Also, we have a second friends edition. The people wanted more. Okay. It would be great if I was comprehending what I was reading, George. RamseySolutions.com slash humans. RamseySolutions.com slash humans. What an interesting URL that is. It is. Slash humans. Yeah. Oh, it is rather macabre. Do you know what that word means? You're throwing me for another loop here. Yeah, go look that one up during the break. That's your word of the day, macabre. 
I'll Google it while we take there this you call. Go. Alyssa is in Louisville, Kentucky. Alyssa, how can we help? Hi, George. Hi, Ken. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's up? I have a little bit of a this or that question. Oh, so, I like that. Um, we're, on, <laughs> we're on baby step two, my, me and my husband, and um, we lost our mother-in-law at the end of last year. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so obviously that's a huge, huge storm in our life. Um, now, he is the sole heir to her estate. We're taking care of a lot of stuff right now. And after all is said and done, it will help us out a lot. However, we're going through the probate process. We have enough funds coming in from life insurance to pay down baby step two completely. But what we don't know is whether or not we should sit on it until probate is over, just in case, because my mother-in-law was not not the best at her finances. We'll just say that. And there were some hidden things that we found after she passed that we have paid off what we know, but you know, with the estate process, things come out of the woodwork. And so we're a little nervous to use that money because there won't be much of any leftover if we do use it for our baby step two. Um, so I guess my this or that is, should we consider this store mode or should we go on and just put it all in baby step two and try to cash flow, whatever expenses may come up during probate. So do you have the money now to pay off all the debt? Or are you saying you will once probate's over? Um, no, we have it now because life insurance is not part of her estate technically. Okay. So um, what, is, what is the worry? Let's walk this out. Let's say you pay off all your debt tomorrow and now you're uh, on baby step three. Do you have enough to fully fund that or are you, that, is that going to take a few months? It will take a few months. Um, we're inheriting her house and so we won't have a house payment, which is another huge blessing, which will increase our cash flow for baby step three. But, um, you know, we we don't have like a super huge income and I, we just don't know what might be coming as well, far as Well, you won't be personally liable for any of this. The estate will have to eat that. And so you're not going to get on the other end and owe money. The detail on that is that her estate also goes also all of it to her son. And if we're living in the house, and we're using it, and then the someone comes against the estate, we'd have to give up the house. If there's a lien against the estate? If a creditor comes up during probate and they have a claim to the estate, then we would have to sell the house in order to liquidate the funds to pay the creditor, mm-hmm. if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So it kind of puts us in a pickle. So how, how long is this probate process going to take? In Kentucky, <clears throat> excuse me, the creditors have six months from the date of the grant of probate to come forward with their claims. And uh, his aunt, my husband's aunt, is the executor. It'll be about August when that's over, okay. when we know what all the debts will be. I still think you're going to be in a better place financially if we knock out all the debt today, we have no payments, and we begin saving up that emergency fund. Okay. That would still put you in a better spot until August versus just hanging on to the debt, not sure. How much debt do you have and how much money's in the bank? Um, so we're also counting on tax refund and stuff. That's probably all going to come in this month because all that's just in process. Um, we'll have, uh, we have about 21000 in debt and it'll be just about that much, maybe twenty two or 23000 that we will be receiving. Okay. We already have the life insurance. We're waiting on a couple other things, but they're... What, what's your household income? Um, 55 to 60 gross. Okay. I think it'd be a great goal 
to pay off that debt and have a fully funded emergency fund by August. I would love that. And that way you are sleeping well at night. You've got money in the bank and we'll figure out what happens when that time comes. But I don't want you to have this in limbo freaking out about it until then while you're still making payments on this. I want you to make Mm -hmm. progress until that time comes. And hopefully it's all clean. There's no liens. No creditors are coming after you guys. And uh, you walk away from this thing and you're able to just grieve. I'm so sorry for your loss, though. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Man. Ooh, that's tough, Ken. It is. A lot of loss just in in today's show. Yeah. People are going through it. Um, I know you you help a lot of people on your show and you're a great encourager. It just feels like it's a heavy time out there. Mm. You it know, is. We, we try to have fun just to bring yeah. some levity sure. to the show, but- Man, it can just get heavy. Yeah, and I and I think that when life is gets heavy like that, you know, what we've got to do is, is certainly in financial decisions, professional decisions, personal decisions, the big big decisions, just heal, heal first. You know, like just let's not try to you know grit our way through it. Let's let's be weak. Let's be vulnerable. Let's get healthy, and then on the other side of the healing, uh, as you're healing. Uh, then your perspective changes anyway, because each day on the other side of healing, um, you, you're very forward thinking anyway. Mm. But I think people get into trouble. Uh, for instance, people, a lot of people have been laid off. I mean, you know, Disney laid off 7,000 employees last week. We know from uh, psychology research that when you're laid off uh, from a job, even when it's expected, it has the same emotional impact as losing a loved one. And so we're not equating the two. What we're saying, the emotion is similar. Uh, it's devastating. And so, you know, whether, again, in your in your work life, your professional journey, your financial life, your relationship life, take the time to heal, get the help you need, and then begin to make the big decisions going forward. Don't make big decisions in the midst of that pain. Mm. It's very, very hard to uh, kind of have the best wits about you. And that's always something we want to remind you, those of you that are going through a tough time. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show, where we talk about your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. George Camel is joining me. I'm Ken Coleman, and uh, I am the uh, Ramsey personality focused on work. So if you got your work-related question, that could be anything from, I don't know what I want to do. I've got to, should I go to school? Should I not go to school? Uh, I want to take a promotion. I'm not getting promoted. I'm getting rejected, overlooked. Anything work-related. i got a toxic environment. Um, I'll take those questions and uh, to that end, we've got a work-related question here, George. Uh, our question of the day uh, from Alina uh, in the official Ken Coleman community on Facebook. Uh, she says, how do you respond to a job offer that does not meet your desired desired salary? Oh. Okay, it's a good question, right? So do you go in after they make their offer and do all this big grand negotiation? What do you think, George? Yes or no? 
I don't think the way to go about it is show back up and go, um, yeah, I need 50 to make this work or I'm out. Okay. All right. So, you know, if the offer was 45 and you thought in your mind it was going to be 50 or 60, for example. Well, it all depends on how tight are you on, on that paycheck. So if you need 50 to make ends meet and they offer you 45, you're in a quandary. Now, I don't think there's this big grand negotiation anymore, but what I do think you can say in that situation is, hey, listen, uh, let's say you were, in this case, making 50 previously or close to. You say, look, I can't do it for that. I want the job, but I just literally, with my budget, I cannot make ends meet on that. I appreciate the opportunity, but that's the best you can do. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to stay. Now, that's not a negotiation. That is you saying very clearly, uh, based on real numbers, it's not a tactic. It's, I can't do it. Then you'll see what they can do. But this idea of trying to negotiate is just well, hopefully, not a lot hopefully it comes up beforehand, before the job offer. There's some discussion of compensation well, but you and can't, benefits. You, you can't expect that in today's world. You know, there, there's a big push for uh, transparency and pay and put that out ahead of time. But companies that don't want to do that for very understandable reasons will come back and they'll get around it another way. So when you're in that conversation, you got to know what's that walk away number. If that number doesn't get to here, I'm walking away. And that, by the way, will come across in your communication to where you really don't have to negotiate. And that's that's the thought, George. You don't have to negotiate if you know what your number is and what you're what you're willing to walk from. Well, and the key is to not put you know the HR team in a defensive posture. That's right. Where then it backfires. And the 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 real thing is, let's do some research. Do you know what the market value is based on your skill and experience? And, and do you think this company is going to be competitive? You can do that homework ahead of time. What about when they kind of make some promises, Ken? Or, you know, they say, well, you know, I know this is uh, it's not exactly what you're hoping for, but there's a big trajectory, you know, within the next six months, you could be making the, you, know, you kind of start to get a little bit of that as well. Yes. And so what I would do, if they start to say that, you're going to go, okay, what's that measurement look like? So what are the results that I will need to produce and how will we measure those results? Because if they can't give you specific answers to that, now now it's one of those, they're just dragging you they're along. They're just dangling a carrot. And I shared this on the Ken Coleman Show today. This is relevant. Paychex just put out a new study. 80% of people who change jobs in 2021 and 2022 regret leaving their previous job. Whoa. That's a staggering number. What was the reasoning? Did they have the, any- You know what, right for the number one reason? It wasn't the paycheck. It was they missed their friends from their previous job. Ah. This relationship component. It's a big shift. It's, it's like moving shift. to a new city. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we can't undervalue relationships in the office. So, I mean, you and I sit next to each other. Three I can't feet imagine away. ever leaving here not having Ken Coleman in my life. I don't know life. what I would do. I would be distraught if I didn't see you every morning. Don't, and that perfectly coiffed Ken. beard of yours and that meticulous part in the side of your hair these are just the surface things wow not to mention your your your, character your character your integrity your sage advice you know all the things george oh i love when flattery turns to sarcasm real quick that's the ken coleman i know and love that's what we do triple eight eight two five five two two five is the number rebecca's joining us in st louis missouri rebecca how can we help hi guys thanks for taking my call i um So I am a 1099 employee about to start a new position. It'll be the highest income that I've ever earned. Um, 
And I've been divorced since 2020 and have steadily increased my income, but I am also at the lowest point financially and I have no money saved up for retirement. And so, um, before I get too used to this new income, I wonder if I should, um, set up retirement plan as part of my budget moving forward when I, when the money starts coming in, when the income starts coming in. What's your new income? Wait? It'll be 95 an hour. Awesome. Um, but that's, you know, before taxes. And is things. that, is that kind of a full time 40 hours a week? Yes. Wonderful. So we're talking almost 200 grand? Yes. Way yep. to go. Okay. And how much debt do you have? A lot. 155 just in student loans. And um, then I've got another um, 55 in personal debt with a car, credit cards, medical bills, a furniture loan um, with other things. But I haven't worked since the middle of December. And um, I had money saved up for my taxes for last year. And I've been living on that now because I, I've been between jobs. And now my savings is gone. And I'm going to have a pretty good tax bill, I know. And I have a good accountant who's working with me. Last year was my first year being 1099. Um, right. And the income was not where we had predicted it would be at that time. Um, so... Anyway, I know I'll have a tax bill as well, and I have no more savings. Okay. So. so right now, I know we're worried about retirement. We're going to get to that. But right now, I want to clean up this mess, this pile. I want to get the IRS off of our back. So your A1 is going to be getting rid of this debt, which with this newfound income, we can do fairly quickly. We're talking yeah. two or three years, right? Yes. That's, how I, that's what I figured, too, when I mapped it out. Yeah. I mean, if you make yeah. 200 grand and you have 200 grand in debt and you can live off of 50 or 60 or 70 even, you got 100 plus to throw at the debt and this thing's gone in two years. Yeah. And then think about where you're at. You have no payments in the world and you make 200 grand and let's say, how old are you right now? 46. Okay. So let's say at 48, you're completely debt free and you're maxing out every single retirement vehicle you can. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have almost- you have almost 20 years to just invest and build wealth with no payments in the world. So okay. you'll be able to build wealth. And you can do that through That's a lot good. of... Do you have any retirement uh, vehicles right now through your employer? No, nothing. Mm-mm. It'll all be on me. Okay. And, um, so are you going to be able to do like a, a SEP IRA or solo 401k? Yeah, Um so I was looking at that too. Like, I think that would help with my tax bill in the future. Like if I set some money aside now, maybe, and, and do put some money into an IRA down the, you know, at the end of the year or something, it might help with my taxes also, but also benefit me with during my, my path on, towards retirement also. So I think the best path sure. towards retirement is getting rid of $200,000 sitting around our neck with interest. <laughs> That's how you're going to be able to sleep at night. Because you can retire with dignity if you just don't have Mm -hmm. any payments and you have some income coming in. And so that's that's the goal. Follow the plan all the way through. And making $200,000 at 48 years old, two years from now, completely debt-free, you're going to be able to save another 100, 150 a year. There's a lot of things you can do once you hit 50 with catch-up contributions. You have a lot of time on your side, Rebecca. I know it feels like you don't because you're 46, but there's a lot of life ahead. 
Yes, my goodness, you're young. She's younger than me, George. Make sure we emphasize that. She's got I plenty of time. Yeah. I mean, Ken, you got a lot of life to live, buddy. I hope so. Goodness. I hope it's so. not too late, folks. Whether not you're 30, 40, 50, even 60, becoming debt-free and maximizing your greatest wealth building tool, your income can help you retire with dignity when you want to instead of when you have to. He is George Camel. I'm Ken Coleman, and you're listening to The Ramsey Show. Don't move. George Camel. We're here to take your questions about your life, your money questions, about your work questions and relationship questions. We will get those answered for you. 888-825-5225 is the number. If you like the show, please consider subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with a friend. We want to get it out to as many people as possible because we're bringing hope through practical answers and a clear path forward for you. Uh, again, in your work, in your money, and in your relationship life. I'm taking your work questions this hour. Andrew's up in Los Angeles, California. Andrew, how can we help? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. So I am making about 2100 a month, and I'm wondering how much of my money I should just be saving towards a bigger emergency fund or if I should start investing now. I'm only 23 years old. Cool. Okay. What are you doing for work? Uh, work at a, or a Starbucks in Los Angeles. Awesome. And you're saying you've got an emergency fund that is what size right now? Uh, I got about $13,000 in the bank. Okay. And how many months of expenses would you call that? Uh, I'd say about like nine to 10 months. Wow. That's plenty. How, how cheap is your rent? Uh, I'm paying about 1100 a month in rent. Okay, so it's not nine months worth of expenses then, because your rent alone would eat yeah, up. Yeah, true enough. Okay, okay. But, I'm, but it's my job is if I do happen to get fired or downsized, I'm comfortable enough getting a new job fairly quickly in the service industry. Okay. That I'm not too worried about having a massive, massive emergency fund. So where is the, the need then? Because you're saying, should I keep building the emergency fund? What would be the purpose of that if you've got three to six months already? Well, I'm taking classes full-time as well, and I'm wondering, or for mechanical engineering. Awesome. And I'm wondering if I, it's worth just uh, uh, foregoing it, or investing for two, three years until I have uh, uh, more wiggle room and a higher salary rather than a practically minimum wage employee. And so do you have any debt right now? No, I do not. My parents actually raised me on the Baby Step program, and awesome. I avoided debt altogether in my life. And you're able to cash flow your coursework for the mechanical engineering? Uh, yeah, uh, the, I'm taking classes through Starbucks, and they're actually free. Oh, that's awesome. Way to go, man. So why not go ahead and start investing? Does Starbucks have any retirement options, 401k? I haven't looked into that too much. I don't know for certain. I'd imagine they do. 
but I'm just wondering if it's not more wise just to hold off until I have like it is that or do you think my emergency fund is sizable enough that I can just avoid well that's where if you're doing a monthly budget and you take your bare bones expenses that hey if something went down I need to cover these expenses take that multiply it by three to six months and that gives you your number if that's the I think 13 is sounds like a reasonable number for you then I would begin investing investing doesn't happen once you start making a certain amount of money it happens when you have no debt and an emergency fund in place because what we're really trying to do is build that savings muscle where we get used to 15% of our income, regardless whether it's 30 or 300,000 going into retirement. And I would imagine Starbucks has some decent investing options that can get you started. Uh, like I said, I don't know for certain, but I imagine they do as well. Yeah, Andrew, I, I want to echo what George said. You're in, you're in good shape. If you want to put a little bit more money in the emergency fund, go for it. But, but the point is, is pretty quickly, uh, you need to start investing so that you just get into this rhythm, this routine. It becomes a habit for you, like brushing your teeth. You're investing every check, and that's going to serve you long-term, big time. As young as you are and as financially responsible as you've been up to this point, that's why you want to do this. You're, you're fine. You don't have a lot to cover. If you were to have a true loss of work or some type of huge emergency you don't have a lot to cover, so you're in good shape. I guess I am. I, I guess I really just need that confirmation, I guess. that. Well, uh, but you do, but you don't. And we're encouraging you, but you know what you need to do? George gave you the answer. You need to write these numbers out. Get it out of your head and, and write it down. Go, okay, how much money would I need uh, to, to have a fully funded three-month emergency fund? What would six months look like? You can... Go either way, anywhere in between there. But actually get that number. Be absolutely certain what that number is, and you're going to be more confident. And then just do the research. Do the homework into with your HR folks or the website and the back end and say, hey, help me understand this. What are my investing options? I'm going to go ahead and do 15% of my income, even if it's from 15 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, whatever it is. And as you create more income, you're just going to increase your investing along with that. And that is going to be the key to becoming a millionaire, not a magic salary. That's right. And, and George, again, you know, I, I talk a lot about this on the Ken Coleman Show, helping people make a big professional decision. And they're kind of, you know, looking for confidence. Clarity, clarity, clarity. You can be confident in an emergency fund when you get clear on all of your numbers, like you told mm-hmm. him to do. Then all of a sudden you go, okay, if this were to happen, I'm good to go. And, and that's where, again, confidence replaces fear. Absent of information, our mind is powerful. And it will just fill in the gaps. So whether it's in financial, relationship, professional decisions, where I'm not clear, I can tell you I'm not confident. Man, that's good. It's And it's a great reminder because we talk about doing a budget a lot around here and it's kind of like, ugh, budgets. But when you think about it through the lens of clarity and confidence, man, that changes the game. Now I'm going, I'm doing a budget because I want to be confident and intentional with every single decision I'm making. Yeah, absolutely. Gia is up in Lincoln, Nebraska. Gia, how can we help? Hi guys, it's a pleasure to talk to you. So I just got a quick. My husband and I just paid off our house uh, last month. Whoa, way um, to go! And we have no, we have no other debts. Uh, my husband's thirty. I'm twenty five. Oh my goodness! Wow. Um, 
and my husband is going to be going back to school in September for HVAC, um, just to increase his income and find something a little bit more stable. My question is this. We kind of have a lot of goals ahead of us of what we want to do, actually kind of getting to enjoy a little bit of our money because we're still newlyweds. We've been married about two years, but we haven't really done a whole lot just because we were trying to get our house paid off and just kind of get that behind us. So we're just trying to figure out what we need to do. We kind of have a like kind of like a checklist of things we want to get done and feel we need to get done. But I, I know you guys always say to focus with intentionality. So I'm just, we're just trying to figure out, okay, how do we focus with intentionality? Because we're trying to go 18 directions. I love it. Well, what a great problem to have. So there's three buckets that I think will help you guys figure this out. You have a give bucket, a save bucket, and a spend bucket. And just create goals mm-hmm. in each one just for the year ahead. And you can still have a five-year goal, but just say, for the next 12 months, here's our goals for giving. We want to give this much. Here's the organizations we want to give to. We want to have some spontaneous generosity plan in the budget. On the spend side, we want to make sure we're enjoying this money. Let's plan at least two vacations. One person gets to plan one. The other gets to plan the other. We're going to upgrade the car as part of our spending. And the savings goal, we're going to start saving up uh, for an, another house down the line we want to pay cash for. That makes it really clear and it keeps you focused and excited. Okay. And I think our other question is, is so we, you know, have been following Ramsey. We're working with a financial um, or finance pro. And so we were looking at doing um, term life insurance. So our question is, do we really need term life insurance? Like I understand like the reason for it and I get it, but we don't have kids. We don't have any payments in the world. Like if my income left or his, his income left, um, we would be, we, we both would be fine in terms of the day to day. And then with my job, they give me, I don't know what it's called exactly, but basically they give my husband two times my annual salary, basically the day after I die. Yeah. Um, and he has a small, right now he's got a whole life plan. We're working on getting that switched. So I guess better the question is, I know. I would, I would still get term life in place for both of you, then get rid of the whole life once those are in place. It's honestly so dirt cheap and it would put you guys in such an incredible position to be able to grieve and not worry about how are we going to put food on the table. Even though you're debt free, you still have a lot of life expenses, funerals. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you'd have to consider and having term life in place 10 to 12 times your annual income, 15, 20 years will put you guys in a much better spot. It's a no brainer. It really is. Just get it. It's so, so affordable. Good stuff. Good advice. Thank you so much for the call. Gia. George, good hour. Fun times. Uh, Man, goes fast when you're having fun. Hey, to you, America, thank you for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.